have with us Mayor Rod Davies. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, Vanessa. Also with us, we have Ken Helms, Communications Director. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Also with us this morning, we have Lou Steinbrecher, who is our City Administrator. Good morning, Lou. Good morning, Vanessa. It's good to see all of you here. Uh, Long City Council meeting last night, lots to go over. Mayor Davies, we'll start with you, sir. Yeah, very busy meeting, had a lot on the agenda. We started off with the promotion uh, of two uh, of our uh, police officers. Uh, uh, They had earned promotions in the department. We'd had a retirement uh, earlier in the year, and uh, that allowed Sergeant uh, Brandon Blackman he was promoted to the position of lieutenant. Uh, Brandon's got 14 years of service with the department. And patrol officer Jesse Hall was promoted to the position of sergeant. And uh, she has uh, 19 years of service. Um, so it's great to see them. They earned those promotions. And uh, we're very pleased to see them uh, get those spots filled up. Congratulations to both Officer Hall and Officer Blackman on the promotion to lieutenant and uh, sergeant. Fantastic. Yep, absolutely. Um, We also had a request uh, from the VFW that they're having troubles um, uh, finding people to work as uh, bartenders, as a number of businesses in the region are struggling with employment. And... uh, A number of years ago, the city of Monmouth passed an ordinance that made our um, age for serving stricter than the state statute. And so as the request from the VFW, and I imagine there will be some others that will appreciate this as well, um, uh, council agreed to align the city's uh, ordinance in line with the state statute, and that allows uh, individuals to... um, uh, who are the age of 18 uh, to 20 to 20 can then uh, um, serve and sell alcohol. So that's, um, again, that's in line with state statute. That doesn't allow uh, anyone under the age of 21 to cons- legally consume alcohol. And if they do, they will obviously face some problems. So, um, y- you know, again, that gets us aligned with state statute. Um, we also had the Monmouth Chamber of Commerce request permission to hold a citywide yard sale and uh, also kind of a downtown uh, sidewalk sale. And um, that will be held uh, on September 24th and 25th. And they'll have a lot of information posted on their website and social media, etc., to promote that event. Again, it's kind of trying to attract people to come to Monmouth and just have a fun event and, you know, kind of the the old sidewalk sale days that we used to have downtown. And so maybe that'll be something interesting that uh, we can have another, you know, draw for folks to come to Monmouth. Um, we also received uh, a request uh, from the uh, cemetery board. Um, that board reviewed the fees uh, that we charge at uh, Monmouth Cemetery uh, for grave openings and closings and those during the week and weekends and they saw that we were below the area and we wanted to be more in line so that we weren't cheaper than other cemeteries in the area. So that board recommended a brought to us a fee schedule that brought us more in line with area cemeteries and the uh, council uh, did approve that. uh, recommendation from the from the cemetery board so that uh, 
will, um, you know, get us in line and kind of cover some of the increased costs. Uh, we seem to have a number of uh, weekend burials, and those require overtime, so we had to raise the fees to help cover some of those overtime. And, and the contract grave uh, opening uh, companies also charge a premium for weekends, again, to cover their overtime costs. So uh, we're just uh, moving to get that covered. So uh, council approved that. And then following up on that, we had the director's reports uh, started off with the Monmouth Fire uh, June report. And uh, Chief Rexer talked about a couple different things. Uh, first up was the training that they had for the month. Uh, that actually covered uh, diabetic emergencies. Um, a lot of times when firefighters uh, respond to medical emergencies, uh, they do find a patient who has complications uh, stemming from uh, diabetes, maybe they've got low blood sugar, high blood sugar, that kind of thing. Um, and a lot of times that can kind of present a little bit of a challenge uh, because the the symptoms that it brings on manifest in so many different ways. Um, so they just covered a lot of the different ways that they can uh, treat them uh, to get them temporary uh, medical uh, help until they can get to the hospital there. Uh, they also participated in the halfway uh, freezing for food event that uh, you guys actually hold and uh, Casey talked about um, how the firefighters really enjoy that and they're glad that they've been uh, participating in that since the start. So been with us 20 years. It's a long time. It is. And uh, fire department also assisted uh, Director Clark with the zoning department uh, on inspections for Buffalo 67 and uh, the Tin Cup Express and then uh, they also worked on some uh, fire requirements for the uh, all the work that's going on in the new uh, review atlas building or the old review atlas mm -hmm. building but the new business coming in there uh, they also did some uh, maintenance on their scbas that's the air packs that they wear uh, during the fires that kind of thing um, that's it's a simple but yet uh, kind of complicated system. So it's got a bunch of different regulators, different things like that. So every time they use them, they do a quick inspection of them, check it for different things. And then uh, they also bring in uh, at regular intervals uh, somebody who's an authorized uh, service technician with the manufacturer to come in, replace the O-rings, um, kind of go through uh, the packs just to make sure they're uh, good to go. And then after that, we had the uh, monthly report from Chief Schweitzer for the police department. Uh, last month, they did do um, uh, quite a large number of IDOT traffic grant patrols. Uh, what that is is they're just directed patrols uh, to look for uh, stuff like seatbelt violations, uh, child restraint violations, uh, speeding, the use of... Uh, cell phones or distracted driving, that kind of thing. Um, they actually did 56 hours of it, and they issued uh, 52 ordinance violations for that. Um, there was also a couple criminal arrests that were made uh, when they did those stops and found something, you know, whether it be a warrant or contraband, that kind of thing. Uh, they also did testing to establish an eligibility list for police officer. Um, Law enforcement right now is having uh, quite a bit of challenges bringing uh, potential candidates to the table um, to test and uh, to fill, you know, vacancies that are in there. Um, they did have five candidates that showed for the testing. Um, it's a combination of a physical test uh, that has agility, uh, written, 
um, an oral interview, um, kind of a, a number of different components, and they did have two that passed uh, the tests and are now on our list to fill any vacancies that show up there. And uh, Lieutenant Bratcher and Chief Schweitzer also attended the Freezing for Food mm-hmm. thing, so I'm, I'm glad that we can all kind of get involved yeah. with that. I appreciate everyone in town that comes out. There's 100 to 150 people mm-hmm. that volunteer, exactly, yeah. in, including uh, the city and, and police and fire. It's large. Every time I drive by, uh, there's always a bunch of people out there waving signs. So, And uh, the officers also took part in an officer-friendly presentation to the Warren County Library. Um, that's kind of a, a deal that they do uh, where a lot of the kids come in and they give talks to them, kind of friendly interactions, that kind of thing. Um, it, it's, it's a good way to have an interaction with law enforcement um, when it's not during an actual event. Um, that's kind of one of the challenges that law enforcement has always faced is oftentimes when people interact with them, it's, uh, there's, there's something bad that has happened somewhere. Um, you know, either they're the victim or so, something has happened that they're interacting. Uh, so it's good to have these kind of different things that pop up to kind of just give a, a good positive face um, to the officers that are serving the community. And uh, then lastly, uh, we installed a bunch of motion-activated switches in multiple offices down at the uh, police department. Um, a lot of times they have uh, rooms that the lights were just staying on due to, um, you know, maybe they didn't interview in it and then they're no longer in it, that kind of thing. So this kind of helps us reduce our uh, electrical footprint with the city. Okay. And we um, we also had a, a, um, an appointment to to the police pension board. The police pension board has uh, five members. Those are two active police officers, one retired police officer, and then uh, there's two mayoral appointees that represent the city and the citizens of Monmouth. And uh, we had one of our um, board members. Uh, leave the community so we had to fill that spot and the council approved um, uh, my appointment to have Don Daly uh, fill that vacancy and Don of course has a lot of experience as a former superintendent and been an interim superintendent and a regional assistant superintendent for a number of years so he has a experience in employment uh, law and regulations and also in investing and those are two key components for um, you know a member of that pension board so uh, I was very appreciative of his willingness to serve and council support of that appointment so that's that's we get that vacancy filled. Mayor Davies who else is on the the board and what exactly does a police pension board do? Um, they review cases. Uh, y- you know, th- th- we have two boards. One is for the police department's pension fund, and the other is for uh, the fire department's uh, pension fund. Okay. And um, it, on the uh, police board with Don will be Mike Jurgens is serving a investment advisor capacity. And that board hears about employment cases or disability, you know, decisions on whether they will receive disability or not. Um, and they manage the, uh, you know, they have an, a, a legal advisor that reports to them, and they also have uh, an investment firm that uh, manages the investments because uh, both of those public safety funds do manage uh, the assets of that, um, of those retirement funds. So it's a very important uh, job they do and and they do a lot of uh, uh a lot of important work and and 
say, a technical in the investments that uh, for those pension funds. So it's very good. Okay. And um, the city has a, a combined sewer system, which means that when it rains, the um, water that runs off of uh, pavement and what have you uh, drains into the city sanitary sewer. And then, of course, that uh, surface water has to be treated down at the city's wastewater treatment plant along with the uh, sewage that is collected. And that's been a system that's been here since the 1800s. And the city has for many years been trying to eliminate some of the surface water from entering the sewer system and, um, you know, reduce the amount of uh, water that actually needs to be treated. One of the uh, areas that uh, really does produce a lot of surface water that drains into the sewer system is the high school parking lot. And uh, uh, the city was um, was able to receive a $195,000 uh, grant from the state of Illinois <clears throat> under their Green Infrastructure Grant Opportunity Program. And uh, along with the uh, required local match, there's about $235,000 that will be used to um, <clears throat> reconstruct the high school parking lot. And this is, of course, in, in partnership with... Uh, Mammoth Roseville School District, and what it will do is is it will result in the creation of some um, surface water um, uh, detention tanks to to retain water on site, as well as some vegetative swales that will uh, take a, a lot of the surface water that currently drains into the sewer system, and it will actually uh, absorb the uh, water on site. <clears throat> And then uh, any excess water can be released at a later date so it doesn't create a hydraulic overload into the sewer system. Uh, and uh, we last night we had a, uh, an engineering agreement with Woodard and Curran to do that uh, design engineering, assist us in uh, preparing the bid specifications, going out to bid, and then um, inspecting the construction work on that project. And, and so... That, was, that agreement was presented to the City Council and was approved last night. Uh, we also um, were required by the State of Illinois to update our floodplain management ordinance. And this is an ordinance that imposes certain regulations and restrictions for uh, any development or building construction in an identified uh, floodplain. And this is obviously to reduce... Uh, uh, damage as a result of floods to homes and other um, structures and uh, uh, it was all uh, mandated as I said by the uh, state of Illinois. Uh, we did have them review it. They signed off on it and that updated ordinance was presented to the council last night and, and approved as well. Uh, and then uh, we've been having um, a number of complaints uh, throughout the community about uh, people parking in the front lawns of their, their homes. And so we didn't have any um, uh, regulations on the books to uh, address this issue. So there was a, an ordinance that was presented last night that prohibited uh, parking uh, in the grass area in the front yards of, of lawns where it is not improved as, as a driveway. And there was some discussion on this, uh, but uh, the council did feel that uh, you know, having cars parked right in, at, near the front door of a house, uh, w that was not a driveway, that that was uh, something that uh, was creating some, some concerns throughout the community, and so we uh, adopted that ordinance as well last night. So the 
The, the current ordinance being discussed would prohibit parking in the front yard unless it was an approved surface and a proper permit was filed. So that's the case? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, and a proper surface would be concrete, uh, asphalt, uh, gravel, that type of thing, yes. Uh, so it is to, to try to prevent the parking of cars on, on the grass areas of, in the uh, uh, front yards of, uh, of uh, residential okay. properties. We, you know, we do get complaints, and we're trying to address uh, those complaints as they come in. Sure. And, um, you know, if there's enough neighbors that have that concern in their neighborhood, then uh, this gives the, uh, the folks a, a tool to be able to address that. And then also we wanted to uh, try to assist some of the uh, liquor uh, license establishments in town with some uh, some with outdoor seating and what have you. And uh, we had amended the uh, sidewalk cafe uh, once before last October to make it more lenient for these establishments to uh, to have um, um, cafes on the um, on the outside on the, uh, in the public street right away. Uh, along the sidewalks and so uh, we also wanted to make it a little bit easier for those establishments that have outdoor seating on on adjoining private property as well as on the sidewalk and and so we incorporated or we amended the sidewalk cafe to allow for this type of uh, same sort of seating uh, in the uh, outdoors uh, uh, that is on private property and and really what it was meant to do is to make the requirements similar to the sidewalk cafe where you simply would have a a temporary barrier uh, our current ordinance for outdoor operation uh, currently requires the outdoor uh, area if it's on private property to construct a six and a foot six and a half foot fence and and we felt that that was you know, a bit uh, of a, a burden on those businesses that wanted to have outdoor seating on private property. So we incorporated the outdoor seating provisions under what we call the, the outdoor operation ordinance. That was revoked and incorporated in much l more lenient uh, ways uh, in terms of allowing outdoor seating on private property into the sidewalk cafe. And we also uh, extended the hours uh, back in October, we, we extended it, uh, closure time from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, and then last night we extended it from 11 o'clock to, to midnight. So it gives those um, establishments a little more time to, um, you know, to, to serve customers in, uh, outdoors. Okay. And um, council also approved the issuance of uh, some new general obligation bonds um there will be um five million dollars worth of new borrowing and the rest of that um eight million will be 8.5 million will be in refunding old debt and um, the refunding of that old debt um, that we issued back in 2006 I believe it was um, will be saving us about 2.4 million dollars because of the lower uh, interest rates today and uh, um, so in refunding that we saved 2.4 million and then we were going to issue new bonds of about 5 million uh, which we will use to 
fund some of our capital projects. We'll use those funds to leverage the um, grant funding that we've been working to receive. And we've, we've identified uh, at least $20 million of, uh, of, of capital projects that need to be uh, remedied and cured here in town, and we just need to get those things fixed. And so uh, this will give us the ability to start tackling those projects and, again, uh, utilize uh, some of the grant funds and leverage those. So um, it, it'll be good to get some of these projects done, and uh, we will not have to raise any fees uh, or or charges to do this. Um the sale of the transfer station is going to save enough money in operations and the new revenue stream to pay for our post-closure costs uh, there at the uh, transfer station will will allow us to go ahead and, and uh, service that debt along with the savings from our other ones. So we, uh, we feel this is a, a good thing to get done, take advantage of the rates before they are forecast to go up. Okay. So let's talk about that, if you don't mind, a few more questions. All right, so the – talk about $13.5 million, right? Yeah, um, $8.5 million will be for the refunding or the repayment or refinancing, however you want to say it, of the older bonds. Right, so we'll refinance that. We'll save $2.4 yeah. Right. Then we borrow $5 million because we have capital projects that need to get done – um, and we might as well share with folks, we didn't get the ITEP grant that we worked so hard. I mean, the downtown businesses, businesses across the city, you guys, the engineering, everyone worked so hard for the for the grant. We thought we were a shoe in, but we weren't. Yeah, yeah and, and, and it's very unfortunate because I think uh, our project scored higher than I think it was 46 or 7 of the projects that were funded. And it seems as though this time they uh, – we're funding a lot of trails, uh, you know, and um, trails. The, you mean like bike paths and like, yeah, walking paths, yes. bike paths, th- those kinds of things. Uh, I think Lake we, Story and Galesburg got yeah. one, and uh, which is great for them. But you know, this was uh, about enhancing our downtown, uh, growing our businesses, um, you know, helping us to revitalize uh, city center and the whole economic impact of it right. seemed pretty important to us. And, and the fact that we scored higher than a number of the ones that were funded made it kind of frustrating on our part, and especially uh, after all the work the but, community yeah, did. Particularly traditionally, this was the bread and butter of what these ITEP grants did is, is streetscape uh, uh, improvements and, and the beautification of the downtown. I mean, this, this was helping right, right in their uh, pilot house. Right. P- pedestrian safety. Pedestrian, well, that was one yeah. that was in there. Also, uh, the rain gardens were meant to uh, help us comply with uh, uh, different mandates with the state. Um, right. And those, it was also traffic control. Yeah. That was green a part space. of it, too, mm-hmm. and the green space, which, yep. but anyway, we didn't get it. No. And that didn't stop you. You're like, but we still have got to do these capital projects. Right. So what, what are some of them that you're going to be implementing? Um, I th- again, I think uh, part of these funds, we'll have to work with council, but I think part of these funds will, we're going to ask council to approve, you know, moving forward with that downtown revitalization and the um, infrastructure that is critical around the entire 
all the four quadrants and then you know working on the permeable space and again working on traffic flow and and pedestrian safety all the things that we were going to work on in the ITEP grant um, also, we just have a number of uh, water and sewer projects around uh, that we need to get done before we can, uh, you know, work on the, the road surfaces, too. I know some of the ones we were looked at, the uh, there's been just a number of breaks on the East Broadway water main from um, on about 2nd Street to 11th Street. Uh, that's one of the potential projects. Uh, if we have any funding holes in the Harlem Avenue project, uh, some of those funds will be going in there. Um, we just have a, a number of more, more places to use the money than, than we'll have money. But uh, I know we've got uh, Yeah, because the road resurfacing is, is certainly – people, you know, wonder why are our roads so, so you know, challenging in, in Illinois. There's many reasons. But here in Monmouth, it's because we have to get the infrastructure done, as you guys have reported. Yeah. Then you can road resurface. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's hard to – repair a road when you know that the infrastructure underneath is uh, going to need re repair or replacement, um, you know, in a few years. So Hopefully you try we, to do that all at once. Sure. Hopefully we can get it done soon. Yeah. Because uh, we need our, our lines painted back on the the streets and our curbs and all the things that we would normally, you know, be in a normal here would be doing. Yeah, and and as Andy had reported earlier, that they ordered that paint. I think it was back in March or April, and we still haven't received it yet. Or they were expecting it any day now, wow. so they could point uh, get things painted up for the car show and you know get things dressed up. That's always our goal, and uh, yeah, that's part of it. And we're, we're waiting. We've been given some grant awards and we're waiting to receive the money we've got uh, a lot of water sewer work to finish the uh, euclid project uh we've got a, a a new water main in the ground on sixth street from broadway to euclid and we just need to get that connected uh, up to the houses and then we can uh, redo that road and so you know there's a number of projects in the in the works that um you know as soon as it seems, you know, we keep hearing, well, we've got the money, it's coming, and we're just waiting for it to uh, to get uh, freed up. And the only Municipal League has been working uh, with the state to try to get uh, the the $1.1 million that we're supposed to receive that will be critical in, in redoing the infrastructure throughout the downtown. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll continue to work on those things, and uh, hopefully we can get that money soon so we can get busy any new business uh, development updates and any word on our projects uh, like the high V project any any updates on that I know with the with the COVID year and uh, the ability to try to find contractors and and lumber things like that it, it's it's probably making people think about uh, is this the right time or, or wait yeah uh, yeah that well the most recent conversation with the uh, corporate office with IV indicated that uh, they are still very much uh, committed uh, to the store here in Monmouth and um, uh, they've had to make some investments in, in some of the other stores throughout throughout the corporation and um, throughout the region uh, to um, respond to changes in uh, shoppers uh, behavior and how they shop and they've had to uh, uh, to, to be more accommodating to those uh, uh, shoppers who do not wish to come in the store anymore. So uh, I think once they get through with um, those uh, investments and in up updating their current stores, that they'll be uh, right back here and uh, working on, on the Hy-Vee store here in town. 
Uh, we received word they're still planning groundbreaking this fall uh, at the housing uh, project, and that will be uh, moving forward. And uh, so, yeah, things are on track. We're supposed to be, you know, receiving our uh, hangar materials and get that construction project going this fall. You know, everything everything seems to be backed up in the supply chain, and uh, yes. so that's. Uh, put things move things back a bit so but but everything seems to be uh on track to keep moving forward all right thanks so much for all the updates you guys yep thank Thank you you. appreciate it that is ken helms who is the communications director with the city of monmouth also city administrator lou steinbrecher and mayor rod davies on 1330 wram and fm 94.1 let's join your regularly scheduled programming it's 905 on wram monmouth illinois